we were definitely conscious of a social surrounding. The reggae music was speaking to us. We knew what sound systems were about. During the hot summer of 77, me and my mates were all building his own little sound system in the neighborhood. We eventually came together to build one sound. We were called Chapatone at the time, that's me and T Dread. Chapatone went on to become the first sort of local sound from Fartown from our era. Hello and welcome, you're listening to the Town Sounds Oral History Podcast. This episode is entitled Sound Systems and Sound Systems, Amplification and Reggae Music in Kirk Lees. We're going to be getting on a higher vibration today, so you can sit back and relax. We'll be hearing from some of the great reggae selectors, toasters, DJs, MCs and engineers in Kirk Lees. And we'll have a few other special guests too. Donovan Brown, aka Debo General of Armageddon and Gate of Zion was the first person you heard in the intro of this podcast. We'll also hear from Paul Huxtable of Axis Valvatron, Gary Anthony Harriet, aka Marshall of Zion Innovision, Layla and Josh of Little Warrior Hi-Fi, Mighty Funkhauser of Jar Amaric and Black Hoodoo, Jeff Lewis of Matt Amp, Rassis Highness, and Yvonne Witter. First of all, Yvonne Witter. Oh, for me, for me, I find it meditative and um yeah, for me, once you get into the rhythm of it and, and that beat touches my heart, it kind of takes me on another level to another space, another place, spiritually. It's easy, does it, today. We won't be getting too deep into dates, facts and figures. Instead, we'll be riding the wave of what it takes to put on sound system. From the early stages of building and engineering, right on through to the promotion and organisation of a night, and finally, the night itself. The frequencies, the dance the intimacy and the bass. I will, however, divulge some background first, though. Hold my hat, this might get me in some trouble. There's some debate about the following explanation of reggae sound system. For those who don't know, sound system culture became popular in 1940s Jamaica. The term refers to DJing and MCing through a big, loud, often handmade PA system or large hi-fi system. Traditionally at street parties, but also in clubs, venues and community centres. I'm using the term reggae here in its loosest sense, the way many people think of it nowadays, as an umbrella term covering ska, rocksteady, lover's rock, blue beat, dub and other offbeat music largely of Jamaican origin. It's not an accurate use of the word at all. Actually, like has been one of the themes of this podcast series, reggae is a very inaccurate term. Even to say it's of Jamaican origin is telling only part of the story, but we don't have time to get caught up in the details in this podcast. Huddersfield has a very prominent role in sound system culture, and that's what we're talking about today. This isn't even Let's Go Yorkshire or Town Sound's first soiree into sound system culture. There's a book entitled Sound System Culture, Celebrating Huddersfield Sound Systems. And there's also Heritage Hi-Fi, which is a hand-built sound system made by Paul Huxtable and belonging to Let's Go Yorkshire. Sound system all starts with an amplifier, of course. You don't get very far without an amp, and Huddersfield is also famous for that. First, we'll get some background from Jeff Lewis of Matamp. Jeff will be talking about Matamp, which is a Huddersfield-based amplifier company originally specialising in electric guitar amps. It was officially established in 1964, but previous to that had several other names dating back to 1945. 
Jeff has been running the company since 1991. He is only the second person ever to run Matamp in all that time. And the other person was the founder, Hans Alfred Matthias, aka Matt. Here's Jeff to tell us more. Matt Matthias was a German Jew. He was evacuated by the Gestapo on what they call Kinder Transport. And when they got to M, Matt was one of the last to get on that train. All the ones that didn't go on the train went to the gas chamber. Matt's parents were in Auschwitz, so they were gassed as well. Matt started his, his little shop, Radio Craft, 1945. But he was doing it from an upstairs room within the ABC cinema. Eventually, he must have got compensation off the German government and started Radio Craft Huddersfield Limited. We've got to be virtually the oldest amplifier company in existence. Under two lots of management in its whole life. That's never been heard of. If he'd sold you an amplifier, guitar amplifier, he'd want to come and see you playing live on stage. If he didn't like the sound that he heard from the guitar that you were playing, he would go on stage in front of all the audience and say, don't set it like this, set it like this. Much better. He's a bit of a perfectionist. But up to him, up to him dying, I would have say was what we call fit as a lop. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that came to the funeral. I've never seen a church as full round uh, Lockwood Cemetery where he is. Awesome. Hundreds, hundreds of people come from all over the world. It's said that Matt used to smoke cigars all day long. And in the shop window of Matt Amp, he would sell cigarettes, chocolate bars and Matt Amps. Much to his wife's dismay, Matt was a late-night purveyor of the famous Venn Street Reggae Club. He loved reggae music, and everyone loved Matt too. Many of the local sounds were powered by amps bought from his store, and in fact, Venn Street's resident sound was also powered by Matt Amp. Oh, he was never away from the place, Matt. He got on like a house on fire. They used their own mixers, and their own, what we used to call, wardrobe speakers. You know, the 418 inch in a wardrobe size. All the equipment that they did use was mats, and it was all valve. They would be mat amp 200 watters, and eventually developed a 300 watt amp for them. That was done for Huddersfield Reggae Club, that I do know. It's really quite simple, there's no magic to it really. If you want bass, that's simply down to movement of air. So the bigger the speaker, the more air it will move. If you look at the other end of the spectrum, the tweeter, that's handling very high frequencies, and high frequencies travel a hell of a long way very quickly, so you don't need a lot of power. That's very easily explained. Now, with bass, middle and treble, you're separating the systems of speakers so that bass goes through a big speaker, middle goes through a smaller speaker, and high frequency goes through an even smaller speaker. For what the regulars like, they tend to have real deep bass, real high tops. They're not particularly interested in the middle frequencies, which are quite dominant. 
reggae is it's just soulful what can you say you can't not move to it do you know what i mean it gives you instant rhythm it's exciting that's what makes it good it isn't just the sound system it's the music you must never get away from the music together with this, this the equipment and the people you can't do it without the people Many places around Kirklees still have Matt Amps powering their system today, including Northern Quarter, who has been mentioned several times over this series. The mids and tops of their hand-built PA system are still powered by 80s Matt Amps. For reggae sound system, Matt Amp has also been popular over the years, but we shouldn't get too caught up in amplification in this podcast. As geeky and interesting as it might be, amplification is only one of the foundations of sound system. It's all very well having a lovely local amp and some big boxes, but of course the sound systems themselves are no use sat in a garage somewhere. They need to be taken out. They need to be played and this is no easy task. It's a big job. We're talking about heavy, often expensive, technical equipment being lugged up and down the country by crews of sound system men. Donovan Brown was one of those sound system men back in its heyday of the 80s. He helped run the nationally famous Armageddon Sound from Huddersfield. He knows all about the complications of setting up and getting organised for sound system nights. So here he is explaining it for us. The minute you'd organise yourself to be playing somewhere, you'd need a van. You'd maintain your sound, meaning if there was any any wires or plugs that were a bit dodgy, you would get those sorted out. There there was a lot of anticipation leading up to a dance and excitement because you're glad to be playing out. It might be your only dance this month. Of course, there's there's a certain hype. You're definitely looking forward to it. And it's all about preparation. If you don't prepare properly, you're going to have problems. You made sure that everything was prepared. Generally, it, it ran like clockwork. The time you got to a place, as I said earlier, you string up your sound. If you turn on the sound and there's problems, it's up to the engineers, myself and another brethren. We try and find out what the problem, why it ain't firing. Might be the wiring's wrong somewhere. Might be a jack plug's broke its lead. Might be a plug that's not screwed in properly. So, um, and there was, you know, you did have your, your problems, but most sound systems, if they had a problem, they, they could generally resolve it. Especially if you've travelled, you know, 100 miles and you're playing it somewhere, you better make sure you don't break down, or if something breaks down, you can do something to get it firing again. It, you know, it, definitely an excitable time, and especially when you, you, you're expecting a good crowd, and it depends what type of dance it is, whether it's with another top sound in the town, or whether you're playing with an artist tonight and you're going to be using your sound as a PA, you've got to make sure your mics are right. It it was really a beautiful time to to be involved in. But when you actually arrived at a sound system night in the 80s, what could you expect? Well, there's no one better to tell us than Donovan Brown. Alongside him talking, we can hear a recording from Armageddon Sound playing in 1984 at Cambridge Road Baths. You're rigging and you're jigging in a Cambridge bath. You're rigging and you're jigging in a Cambridge bath. Say sound fans, sergeant, no return and we're rot. Say sound fans, sergeant, no return and we're rot. The words from me on the meditation of my heart. The words from me on the meditation of my heart. Me say you're rigging and you're jigging in a Cambridge bath. 
You rigging and you jigging in a Cambridge barter. Say from the present right to the start. Say I'm a Gideon land and God with your restart. Me say right from the bottom right to the start. The first experience of a dance was almost, you could say, a wedding or a christening because we're kids. <laughs> and we're going to these venues, Village Hall, Far Town Village Hall used to do a lot of um, weddings and christenings. When we were kids or youths, it was the, the youth clubs, Burtby Civic, um, Deaton Centre, Lockwood Youth Club uh, and Burtby and Far Town are youth clubs that we used to play sound systems. It would be an, an early session, it might finish at 12 o'clock. Every area you had people who lived in those areas and generally there was a sound from that particular area but they invited other sounds to come down and play it won't it won't i'm playing on my own it's always nice to have a couple of different sounds and that's where the, the excitement begins because my sound's better than yours your sound's better than mine goes on and the unique thing was that if you was any artist of any sort or any sound system of any note from jamaica or london you came to huddersfield 1983 was there always going to be a serious time because you know even as kids from the 70s we used to hear tunes about Africa shall be free in 1983 so 83 came along we changed the sound name to Armageddon which is a derivative of Armageddon place in the bible or an area a landscape where the final conflict of good and evil will take place Armageddon I'm a Gideon, son of the champion. Before you steam it out, you put it on the scale. You sell a nice dry, you bound to get a good seal. Any pirates in the dump, you let them pan them fingernail. It was custom built maybe threefold bigger than the normal discotheque sounds. 18-inch speakers, bass, mid-range, and, and pizza horns and, and tweeters. Turntable, it was all vinyl back then. 18-man strong. So every man knew his duty, you had, you had the guys who knew, we all packed up the van, get the sound in there, once we got to the venue, the lads, you know, everyone knew what boxes what had to be put out, me and my, my bridging eco ranger, we would deal with the amplification, so as soon as we're sorting out the amps, the rest of the team are running the boxes and running the wires. So it was, you know, it was pretty much clockwork, everybody had a role, everybody had a position, P. Benji was um, a guy who used to, P, you need to manage it then, you're managing it, P. So we had a manager to represent us, because when we're busy, we need somebody to be talking to possible promoters, X, Y, Z, and also to make sure we get the right funds. One of the things you can hear in the recording there is someone emceeing alongside a dub track. This half-spoken, half-sung, fast lyrical, semi-improvised prose is a long-held traditional style of reggae sound system which was part of an amalgamation of influences that led to later genres of music such as dancehall and rap. This is one of the features of sound system that makes it unique. To find out more I spoke to a prominent MC on the Kirklees scene, Rassis Highness. Here she is to tell us more. I found my singing when I was younger, messing around with the radio. Um, when I was at school, I got picked out to lead the choir. So I knew there was something going on, so I just pursued it. In school, we didn't really get much history taught of our origin. So we had to find a dance or we played music at home or listened to tapes, listened to John Peel. That's when I started to dig even more until I found my voice and found lyrics and are right now. It's unusual for a woman to be chanting on the mic, especially up in the north side of things. So I can work on Zion Innovision sound and Zulu Swarm sound. 
and there's Roots Tradition Sound. Roots Tradition is from Huddersfield and Zulu Swarm is from Leeds. When I've gone on stage or if I've took the mic and I've got the crowd, my fans, yeah, and they're just giving me that support by being there and believing in me. So what it is, it's a spiritual thing. It's if your spirit moves you to go forward, pick that mic up and say what you have to say. More time, there's always a message when that happens. You allow your spirit to move you into that direction. Don't practice it. Allow your spirit to move. When you're singing, it's different. But when you come to MC, there's a message. Especially as a Rasta, there's a message, always a message, because the Mosai will speak to those that, that's tuning into the Mosai, you understand? And if I'm living in a peaceful, humble, loving, calm way, then I'm inviting you to live the same way as me. Come and see what we do. Come and listen to how we sing, you know? Listen to our songs. Yeah, so I've got a fire burning deep down in my soul. Raise up the Mosai, keep yourself airy Don't ever stumble and make them seem scary Make sure you're chanting the righteousness Make sure you always have your consciousness Now bother with no fighting, now bother with no fuss Of course, each artist involved in Sound System approaches it with a different idea in mind. Mandeep Samra of the Town Sounds team spoke to Paul Huxtable, who still runs a regular vintage and classic reggae night in Huddersfield called Foundation. He has some strong feelings about what his nights should be like and who they are for. Take your hours to actually settle into it. Once you're settled into it, it's a different kind of meditation than a thumping four to the floor. And, you know, the melodies, the harmonies, the instrumentation, the arrangement, the, the mixes. And enjoy company as well without having to shout down each other's ear holes uh, all night. So a good sound system to me needs to be comfortable to listen to. It needs to pull you in. It needs to be welcoming. It's for you to share. It's about people sharing and feeling welcome, feeling loved, and just enjoying the music. I enjoy playing sound system to people, so I hope that comes across with the people and they enjoy listening to it. It's like, I get a lot from you, and hopefully you're getting something from me and we can work together on it. I love playing sound system. I want to hear the music on a sound system. I'm not just in service to the public, I'm, I'm in service to myself. I, I, you know, I feel good after a sound system dance because I've heard, it's like eating good food, you know, I feel like I've got a belly full of good vibes. I go home and that lasts me another week till weekend and do it again or whatever. And I look forward to it. And you test out new equipment and you do things a little bit differently and you're constantly experimenting. Fortunately, my sound system, I know it like the back of my hand and it's quite reliable. So I don't have a great many technical issues these days. So I can go out with confidence and enjoy the night. If there's no enjoyment involved, what's the point? Certainly no money in playing sound system, so. One in my heart, one in my heart, one in my soul, one in my soul, one in my heart, one in my heart, one in my soul, one in my soul. Say she cares. Oh, I 
give you my heart, the music we're listening to is local artist Abs Jackson and his tune, Carolina My Love. Paul runs his own Valve-powered sound system called Valvatron. He also makes sound systems to sell or for you to buy. Check out Axis Valvatron Facebook page to find out how. Paul was a joiner by trade, but all the time he was doing that, he was also messing around with sound system equipment and DJing. In the late 80s, he built himself a proper reggae sound system dedicated to reggae. But the name Axis, specifically a reggae sound system, needed a name. And then I thought, oh yeah, well the world spins on an axis, you know. So everything radiates out from the centre of the axis, being like an axle. So everything moves around this stationary point. So it stayed as axis until I built Valvatron, which was to basically start from scratch with the sound that I kind of remember from my youth. I wanted to recapture that because I don't, I don't know if anybody was playing on Valve completely. Maybe one or two, yeah. The reason why I like Valve is I like the warm sound of it, I like the way it distorts when you turn it up. I like the fact that it doesn't get tiring on your ears during the course of a night. Uh, I like the look of it, I like the tradition, I like the heritage of it. There was only one way to do it, was start from scratch and build the equipment. It was just slow, but it was exciting. I wanted it to look a certain way, uh, a link with tradition. So I, I decided to go for natural wood boxes and sort of like heavy duty badges and to get, make it look like it was built from an era where they concentrated on quality and, and make it look pretty. I mean, the horns are a great design. They come from like a 1920s design, They've never really been surpassed. So why not make that? People say, well, they're really complicated to make, but I'm a joiner, so work it out and trial and error again. In the end, it sounded great, it looked great, and then people take photographs of it in the dance because it looks pretty. I thought, well, that'd be a good marketing ploy as well to make it look pretty and different. That's why I started getting invites into Europe. They hadn't heard it. They thought, oh, this is different. Let's give it a whirl. Uh, so I took it over, they enjoyed it and get invited back again and again. They basically bought it blind because it was just so different from everybody else's. But before Paul and his famous sound made it to Kirk Lee's, there were a few things drawing people from around the country to Huddersfield already. One was the venue we've already touched upon, Venn Street. Another was the sound system, Earth Rocker. We spoke to Yvonne Witter, who knew them both from the dances. She moved between Huddersfield and London, always coming back to Venn Street. Here she is talking about Venn Street and one of the local big sounds of the time, Earth Rocker, often quoted as being the best sound system in Yorkshire. I went back to London after about 18 months, two years, whatever. I used to come back up on weekends, to spend weekends to go to Venn Street. Everything revolved around Saturday night at Venn Street. Venn Street felt a bit homey, and because it's a small town, and people know each other, and so there is this thing where you get into the club and you're connecting with these faces, and hi, hi, hi. Whereas in London, of course, there is no such thing. Okay, people used to come from all over the UK to go to Venn Street. They would just travel up and come because of the reputation that Venn Street had. Yeah. The vibe was good, the music was good, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a place that attracted these international artists as well. 
For me, I remember Earth Rocker because it was the number one sound in Huddersfield. And like any brand, I mean, if Earth Rocker's playing, you want to go. A bit like if Stone Love's playing, you'd want to go. Earth Rocker had that kind of pull. So it, it, it kind of made it unique. And yeah, it does, it does stick out because that, that's just like how you, could, you can't forget Stone Love. You just can't forget Earth Rocker and Huddersfield. It's like the two are synonymous. Earth Rocker was first run by Stephen Burke and his father. And later, Norman Modest and Andy Greaves joined the team. It was probably the first sound in Huddersfield that was playing sound system three ways, with a three-way crossover controlling the signal to bass, middle and top. The crossover was made by a hippie guy, apparently, from Marsh called Pete Woods. Everyone else at the time was using two-way sounds. There was loads going on in Huddersfield. By the sounds of it, everyone passed through this way. It would have been one of three or four major places to play as a sound system or reggae artist in the UK. The Town Sounds team spoke to Gary Anthony Harriet, who was about at the time, and saw it all going down. Here he is, talking about the Huddersfield scene in the 80s. The main venue in Huddersfield was Venn Street, but the other venues that I remember was a venue called the Arawak Club. There was also another club called the Marillos, also another venue called the, um, the Montego, which is on Chapel Hill. Yeah, the West Indian community used to come out and support the actual sound system events because they could actually relate to the music that was being played because the music did carry a, a message of upliftment and encouragement, you know, that regardless of how hard the struggle would be, the music would help give you the encouragement to overcome the situation. So Venn Street, which was actually called the Cleopatra's Nightclub, say like a big big star might attend the Cleopatra nightclub like Gregory Isaacs of Dennis Brown and it have a big turnout for the night the blues party would be like the after party for the actual event at the Cleopatra's nightclub as Gary touched upon there blues parties happened after the night had wound down at the club People would get together in each other's houses with a sound system, often in the basement where the noise would spill out the least. This was before my time though, so I'll have to let Gary do the talking. Here he is again. The blue sessions would most likely be held in um, certain communities where you'd find, say, um, where there was a more black community set up. So you'd say Fartown, Deaton, Burtby. I mean, blues sessions were actually promoted via through word of mouth. The blues scene was um, what I would probably say unique, where you'd hear some exclusive, unheard music that you would never ever hear on the radio. And it was also a scene where people would be able to um, enjoy themselves, where, you know, it's an exclusive sort of like um, environment that very few actually really get to know of. If a man wanted to like associate himself with a woman that he was really keen on, then the blue session would probably be the most ideal place for him to sort of like um, make his intentions known. Things have changed in Huddersfield over the years in many ways. As people have moved into town centres across the country, noise complaints have increased dramatically and the law mostly falls in favour of the tenant. Sound systems are pushed out to the borders, the boundaries and the obscure. But the news is not all bad. Plenty of things have improved over the years too. Sound system is still there, changing lives and uplifting people's spirits. Here's Gary again, who still runs a sound system now, called Zion in a Vision. 
Whilst he speaks, we'll hear a track from local jungle DJ, owner of Swamp Monster Sound System, and one of the founders of local night jungleism, Simply Dread. This track is entitled Worries in the Dance. As of now, it's changed dramatically, probably for the greater good that you have other people of all nations actually attending the sessions, which is also giving a message to people of all other nationalities, giving them encouragement and upliftment because we're now in a world where many people struggle regardless of their race, color or creed. So overall, the music is uplifting and encouraging to all people of, of all backgrounds. I wanted to get a clearer picture of what sound system culture is like these days, so I went out and spoke to a few people to get their opinions. We'll hear first from Mighty Funkhauser, who runs a night called Black Hoodoo, playing through his dad's sound system. After that, we'll hear from Layla and Josh from Little Warrior Hi-Fi. While they speak, we'll hear a brand new track from Mighty Funkhauser. We'll take you where you want to go, yet never imagine this thing. So I see the musical group I listened to growing up was predominantly roots on culture, dub and steppers. That's what has birthed me into being able to do what I do now. But obviously when you're young, you can't really lift stuff or you can't really do something. So you're kind of a little bit in the way because it's lifting heavy boxes. At that, when you're around that kind of young age, it's dangerous in case anything happens. But I still use my dad's sound. Black Hoodoo, in a nutshell, it's a vibe. It's somewhere where you come and you can clear all your chips on your shoulder. It's like a spiritual upliftment, just enjoying music and just feeling, feeling at home and just feeling the self and no worries. Because the vibe alone and the frequencies that we deliver is coming from a very heartfelt place. When you come to Black Hoodoo, you see the dancers, you see the mic men, the mic women, you see the, the sound engineers, you see the DJs, you see everything that music entails, you see the, the live percussionists, it's very cultural. How do you see Huddersfield and sound system culture? It's still a known town, but it's not that vibrant as it was, which is quite annoying because there's so much talent and so much things going on, but it's just it's very difficult now. It's, I, would, I would say now there isn't anywhere if you wanted to play your sound in Huddersfield. I can't, I, I don't know one venue that, that allows us to go string up on this plane. Like we drown our sorrows far too often for far too many horrible reasons. I think we've got a trend of people moving into towns basically and you know living above shops and stuff so now you don't have the ability to make a lot of noise really late mm. into the night which obviously yeah venues is none, none in Huddersfield. I think it is important to play in Huddersfield or at least have that uh, alive somewhere in Huddersfield, you know. Even if it's in our <laughs> basement, yeah. The boxes got built and we got the core basic equipment that we needed to be able to run it the week that lockdown started. But it was a blessing to be able to go downstairs and still experience that over the period of time that everyone else was 
sadly shut up in the houses. To get it out of the cellar, it's quite a job. The sound that we have now, Little Warrior Hi-Fi, is, is just uh, turning into a beast. It, it started off as Little Warrior, but it might become Big, big <laughs> Warrior very soon. <laughs> yeah, we've got two more bass bins being built because we've got a dance coming up on the 30th of June and it's a four bass affair. It's a real shame that this is happening to sound system culture in the local area and around the world. That there are fewer and fewer places for sound system to play. What should be a celebration of our town's roots and culture is instead pushed into the underground. I too can testify what many of my guests have tonight. That sound system dances are powerfully good for the human spirit. Bass might be annoying to the neighbours, but to those hundred or so people gathered around the warmth of that particular fire, they feel it way down deep. And when something that deep gets inside of you, it heals for a night or a week, perhaps a month, the troubles that are usually carried there. Well, that about wraps it up for today. Thanks for listening to this month's edition of the Town Sounds Oral History Podcast. The next edition of the podcast will focus on musical migration stories. We'll hear from people that have brought their music with them from Bosnia, Kurdistan, Burundi, Czech Republic, Poland and more. Tune in. Here's a vox pop from Diodone Manirakiza to tantalise your taste buds. When we, we took our cows uh, raising for instance, uh, in the field, we had to find something to do. And sometimes we used to learn new songs from our neighbours, from our friends. So it's a very, very um, normal way of doing things in Burundi. When people get together, doing something together, one of the things they do is they sing together. Thank you again for listening to another podcast in our 12-part series exploring a wide range of Kirklees music scenes. Remember, if you missed anything in this podcast and would like to know more, with the description of this episode, you should be able to find all the information that was included. Just follow us at Town Sounds on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. See you next time. This was a Let's Go Yorkshire and Sam H. Song production. The host and producer was Sam Hudson. The podcast has been supported by Kirklees Council, Kirklees Year of Music 2023 and the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Town Sounds explores the musical histories of Kirklees to uncover untold stories through the voices of local people living musical lives. For more information on this podcast, please visit musicinkirklees.co.uk